What is the digital economy? What does digital mean? Strategic How far can the digital economy go? Welcome back to the Digital Week. I'm Oliver Bolton, design ethicist at the Chair in Digital Economy, and this week we're talking to Professor Marika Walkowitz, Chair in Digital Economy, and QT Professor Michael Roseman about the art of digital, looking at how aspirational, responsible, and trusted business models are developing in the digital age. This was a fascinating area to look at and to see what is coming down the pipeline soon. Now here is the Digital Week. All right, we are here with Professor Marek Walkowitz, Chair in Digital Economy, and QT Professor Michael Roseman. Thanks for being here. Great seeing you, Oliver. Good seeing you. All right, so we're here to talk today about the art of digital, and particularly the art of excellence, and chat a bit about the digital macro economy. Uh, so in the digital space, we see a lot of uh, creatives who sort of frame themselves as artists, who like to think dynamically about different opportunities and problems. But uh, you and Professor Roseman have framed this, this concept a bit differently, have, have created a new definition. Can you explain this to us? Sure, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably a slightly different way of understanding art. Mm. Uh, art, in fact, is just an abbreviation and it, start, uh, it stands for Aspirational, Responsible and Trusted Technologies and Business Model in Digital Economy. Okay, so wh- why did you create this, this new definition? So, Oliver, I think we had two motivations. The first one is we see a lot of entrepreneurs who want to change the world. They don't want to create a great banking career, but they want to do something good to our planet. And that's where mm-hmm. the idea came from. They're very much driven by being aspirational, being a trusted individual, uh, and, and making a responsible contribution. So wanting to do something good for, for mankind on a Absolutely. large scale. True. And at the same time, we're, we're seeing the impact that technologies and those business models of, of digital age have on entire societies and the world. Look, this is the first time in history that we're witnessing cases of self-driving cars being involved in fatal accidents. This is the, the first time where we're seeing social networks effectively putting presidents in power. Mm. Uh, this is not just a game anymore. Uh, this, is, this is getting really serious, and that's, that's why we need to have those conversations. True. So if this sort of societal model is, is the new version of what's happening at the moment, what's been happening before, that's, before this that's led to the current state? So good point, Oliver. So we see this as the new focus point, but there are different um, elements before that. We differentiated three other ages or stages of of Mm. excellence that deserve attention. And the first one is what we call engineering excellence. So engineering excellence is me, my workbench, my makerspace, my screwdriver, and I try to work out what's possible. Hammers and spanners. (laughs) Hammers and spanners. It's me and a a digital device. It's me and uh, uh, the the attempt to build a driverless car. It's me and a computer that I built. So that's really the temptation to create a new technical artifact. Okay. So in a way, it's a it, it's it's a case of solving a problem for the sake of solving a problem, right? I have a challenge. I, you know, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, wanted to put some characters on the screen. I need to build a computer that can display those characters, mm. right? And I just do it. These days, maybe I want to work with blockchain and build a solution that that uses the you know the algorithms the protocol to to solve a particular problem so this space sounds like it's it's very technical but also maybe a little bit experimental so oh, yeah. creating almost just for the sake of creating seeing what's possible but with no real no real 
direction towards a market or a customer. Exactly. Or... So it's without any kind of commercial context. Mm. We see this a lot in, in labs at universities. You see this in, in, in public maker spaces. Uh, so it's not something that is just history. It's something that happens right now in front of our eyes. And, and, and it is happening inside organizations as well, right? So there will be large businesses that are simply experimenting with technology, typically in R&D departments, just trying to understand what is possible. True. So apart from engineering, what else uh, is there in terms of the development of these sort of ideas? So uh, the, the next age out of the four ages that we talk about is uh, the age of corporate excellence. This is where we take the next step and, and try to understand, uh, okay, now that we have this technology, what could we do with it, right? This is where organizations focus on efficiency, but also on value generation, right? Maybe I should start with the value generation. Why would I even sell that technology, right? What new business models, what new, new value does it generate for me, but also part of the conversation then is how do I scale up how do I industrialize my, my production okay yeah, my so, yeah this is really when we add a corporate context mm. to the technical artifact so it might have a drone or a 3d printer or a smart device that can do some magic and now it's really about the very very cost-effective production process the reduced variation so this is when classical corporate approaches lean management six sigma total quality management kick in and I create a really robust, as Marek highlighted, industrialized model around it. And a chief operating officer would be the one in a large organization that takes care of it, among, among others, but they would be the best, the, the most important ones. Exactly. Sure. And, and since, since a long time, we, we simplify and qualify this as time, cost, quality. And we see this today when large financial institutions and other organizations using robotic workflow, chatbots, and to a large extent use digital technology technologies to become much more cost-effective. True. Well, I think I can see these jigsaw pieces starting to fit together. Marek, you said there were four ages, and we've had engineering and corporate, and obviously we've already talked about society. I've got a feeling I can guess the third one, but I'll let you explain it. Uh, customer first, right? Uh, the, the age of customer excellence, uh, where organizations realize, okay, we get it. You know, Here's the technology, we get it. Here's the value that it generates for us. But do we really, do we truly understand our customers? Do we mm. know who they are? Do we know who they, what they want? Can we actually serve them properly? So this is the age where we start to think about uh, new ways of developing our products and services. Design thinking is suddenly a focus of a lot of organizations. Uh, feasibility, viability, desirability, right? The most mm. important one here. How do I offer those products and services in the best way to my customers? Exactly. So in the second age, corporate excellence, we're obsessed with business processes in the age of a customer and customer excellence. We're driven by customer journey maps mm. and we understand true end-to-end -end experience far beyond the boundaries of our organization. And it's amazing that since companies were born, they have customers, but it took us a long time to put customers first. And, True. and so we hire chief design officers, chief mm. experience officers, and so on. Yeah. So these four pieces, these ages, are they a chronological step-by-step -step process, or are they a bit more fluid? So the fourth stage, indeed, is about societal excellence and, and recognizing it's not just me and my, my customer base that is uh, well off and happy, we have to put this uh, value chain into a societal context. Mm. But as you highlighted, we see them all coexisting. They're all coexisting. They're all additional requirements. I have to master the ability to create new digital artifacts. 
I have to scale them up, industrialize the production. I have to make sure that I embed them into the customer journey of my ecosystem. Uh, but increasingly, and at the same time, I have a massive societal obligation. And that's what we want to emphasize here. And that's, that, that fourth stage is bringing us to what we opened with, which is the expectations of the young people, of the new mm. entrepreneurs. They want to be able to positively change the world. But also, the flip side of it, uh, they need to ensure that whatever technologies we have, whatever scalable business models we have, are used in a responsible way, in a trusted, responsible, mm. and aspirational way. So, yeah, I can see how the art then has returned back to the societal uh, element there. So could you give us a bit more detail around um, trust, responsibility, and aspiration? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll start with trust. And uh, that, that, that one is probably the trickiest because, you know, you ask five people for a definition of trust and you've got seven definitions, right? Um, uh, what, what we've done, uh, and uh, we're releasing a, a report that's detailing all the those uh, considerations that we've actually defined uh, all those um, trust, responsibility, and aspiration, uh, all those concepts. So trust uh, for us uh, is uh, a focus on consistently and reliably delivering outcomes while offering the expected quality of the outcomes. So we sometimes uh, say that it's reliance. So Mm. uh, I will consistently deliver the outcomes and credence the quality of the outcomes is always going to be high. The reliance is very intrinsic. You know, I have a lot of control over it, mm. whereas credence, the quality, is often judged by others, and so it's extrinsic. And I suppose both are necessary to create a high level of trust. Mm. Absolutely. Um, we have an example for you. So imagine you're an Australian farmer and you want to ship your milk to China. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm well enough uh, in China and want to buy your milk, but the premium is only unlocked if I can trust the provider. And this is where blockchain and the uh, things that yeah. Mark just talked about help you. Um, it's also interesting to understand what does the digital economy do to trust? Mm. And we believe it will increase evidence. So we make more data-informed decisions. There will be less uncertainty. You could argue to a certain extent trust is less in the forefront of our minds if this will work. And second, it will probably reduce subjectivity. Yeah. Uh, if I have a track record for a car or a doctor and now how they perform, uh, different individuals probably have a different assessment of the uncertainty. Yeah, so I can see how new technologies would enable these operations to become, to allow people to trust them more objectively and less subjectively. And you mentioned previously um, that trust might become more like a, a law, like a more like sort of you know, abstract thing that I don't have to think about as much. So the fascination about law and and law-like states is if there's a well-defined mechanism, physical laws, I do do this and this happens, my my cup will fall off the table. Um, If the digital economy in certain situations can create like a law-like environment, we have more certainty. And I think with the emergence of, let's say, driverless cars and their capabilities, we probably have much more physical laws that take human error out of the equation. Mm. Uh, and, and less uncertainty means less reliance on trust. I, I still remember the early days of, uh, of uh, computing Well, in mm. my time, uh, where most people would have their computers open, right? Yeah. You know, the, the whole cover is taken off and so on, because you would always tinker with it, right? Uh, the, the, the digital businesses of today, if we think about computer manufacturers and so on, you would hear that mantra, it just works, it just works, it just works. This is the trust 
where you don't have to worry about you know when you when you press this button whether it will work or not. So just to wrap it up, I think in the future I I don't have to trust myself. I trust the computer. I trust mm. the computer to find spelling mistakes. I trust the algorithm to find the wrong expense in my credit card statement. So I don't rely on my own capabilities anymore. Sure. So what's the difference then between trust and responsibility? Responsibility is, is all about organizations focusing on doing the right thing and facing the consequences of any wrongdoing. So doing the right thing is the duty that they have, a very intrinsic, again, approach uh, or focus. And accountability is all about facing the consequences. And that's the mm. extrinsic one. And then we can immediately think about organizations that might even be dutiful, but if something goes wrong, they will not admit to it. Right? And we look a little bit in design ethics at how companies can figure out exactly what their duty is. Is this something that might be a job of the future, looking forward to organizational, building organizational capacity with a role that helps companies figure out what their duty is? I, I, I think so. So traditionally, we think about, let's say, architects, a data architect, mm. a process architect, an enterprise architect. I could see how we've got a responsibility architect. Mm. where you need a strong familiarity with internal expectations, with external uh, uh, documented or implicit uh, expectations. And a responsibility architect would be able to create responsible processes, systems, technologies. Yep. These are the ones who would continuously scan the environment and think, what are the unintended consequences? What might happen that we need to, uh, to prepare for? True. And I guess finally, just to wrap it up, um, aspiration. What's the definition for that? So aspiration for us is really to create something good for mankind. So while responsibility means don't cause any harm, mm. let's say protect data uh, and, and, and don't uh, give them away easily, um, res um, aspirational means you create a net benefit for mankind. You're not just a bank that hands over mortgages, but you have a social responsibility. We increasingly talk about the social license to operate. Aspiration is a, is a combination of purpose and impact. You need to understand why you exist as an organization and what you want to achieve, but you also need to have means to achieve it, to be able to, to reach that goal. True. Very interesting. Well, th this is a great chat, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about this a bit more in the future. But Professor Michael Rosen, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Oliver. Marek, pleasure as always. Thank you. That's it for this week on the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chair Digiconomy and visit our website at chairdigitaleconomy.com.au. I'm Oliver Bolton. See you next time.